Hi, this is John Zogby, and this is another edition of our podcast, The Zogby Report, real and unscripted. As always, I'm here with my son, Jeremy. Hey, Jer. Hey, Dad. Good morning. Hi. So um, we just uh, completed a poll, a national poll, and we had a couple of questions that you put in there about the, a black swan event, mm. possibly in, in uh, 2024. And what I wanted to do was kick things off a little bit uh, about what a black swan event is or could be and how the American voters are responding to it. So a black swan event um, is, you know, essentially uh, an unexpected uh, event that has the potential to turn our world upside down, a major event the economy, a major war, a stock market crash, some, but something uh, catastrophic that wasn't really expected. Now, we, we have a situation where an overwhelming majority, I'll get into the numbers in a minute, overwhelming majority of American voters uh, say it's very or somewhat likely that there'll be a black swan event in, in 2024. And I just want to go back a little bit historically. We've had them before and we have survived. Uh, in our in the past century, uh, certainly uh, the, the stock market collapse of 1929. And the interesting thing is that there was probably no better man folks thought of to have as president of the United States than Herbert Hoover. He was a compassionate engineer. He'd been charge of the World Food Program, Relief and uh, Hunger Program um, after World War I. He was ideal as a compassionate, competent person, but he ran out of juice and things only got worse and worse and worse until 1932, uh, ultimately culminating in uh, under Hoover, the Bonus Boys March, when World War I veterans who were not getting their promised pension marched on Washington and uh, Hoover called out federal troops and shot and killed uh, a, a number of those troops under the leadership incidentally of a couple of young colonels in the US Army by the name of Eisenhower uh, and, and MacArthur. But with that said, we don't have a real black swan event again until Jimmy Carter. Um, history is, is getting better on Jimmy Carter, but Jimmy Carter facing not only the, the Iran hostage crisis, but stagflation. And at one point, a year before the election, he uh, asked his entire cabinet to resign, went off into a retreat to regroup. And then following the lead of his pollster, Pat Cadell, gave a famous speech. Instead of rallying the American people who were really in a funk, he said, there's a malaise in the country. We're all suffering from this malaise. And his numbers plummeted. It was Ronald Reagan, just like Franklin Roosevelt, who generated confidence and spirit. We're probably in another one of those moments right now, even with the economy uh, improving, you know, um, we're at a point where Joe Biden, who had been seen as a compassionate, 
um, competent, uh, know his way around Washington, especially after the turmoil of the Trump years, uh, has just seemed to have lost it. As the economic numbers get better, his numbers get worse. A Pew poll just out a couple of days ago, we're at 33% approval rating. And so with that said, under your leadership, we asked U.S. voters, um, how likely is it that there will be a black swan event in 2024? 63% said very or somewhat likely. Only 20% said not likely. And it was across the board. Democrats, 59. Republicans, 67. Independents, 63. But then we asked, what likely is to be that black swan event? 36% said an economic depression, followed by 21% who said a cyber attack on the energy grid or banking. 20% said a terrorist attack on U.S. soil. 18% said World War III. And then there were other results as well. If we have a black swan event, do we have a crisis in leadership? How could this impact the election? But talk to me. Anyway, just tell me your thoughts. That's my intro. Yeah, well... So we had the Black Swan event in 2020. Um, nobody, nobody saw that coming. But then maybe in hindsight, and, and that's the nature of a Black Swan. In in hindsight, people said, "Well, I, we should have uh, we should have known." Um, and so since COVID, and a lot happened during COVID. There were a lot of crises packed within uh, within COVID socially culturally, economically, uh, I think that imprint has stayed with us. I mean, remember, since COVID, the outbreak of the, the war in Ukraine uh, mm -hmm. had a lot of people on the edge um, and, and thoughts about uh, a wider war with uh, Russia and, and the United States at some point potentially directly being involved. Of course, the economy... Yeah, I mean, you and I debate about this all the time. The official numbers uh, say one thing, but uh, voters in droves will tell you another. And that's not just Republicans. It's also independents and increasingly uh, Democrats. It's a lot of young people. It's all across the board. Um, so that's something that's looming is uh, we're on shaky economic grounds. Um, of course, this outbreak of war between Israel and Hamas is a, a, another thing prompting geopolitical instability. Look at what's happening in the Red Sea with the, uh, the Houthi rebels uh, firing at uh, uh, shipment vessels from Yemen and um, more and more major shipping uh, vessels are going to uh, altogether skip the Red Sea. And, you know, what does that have on shipments and, and the markets. Of course, then there's the geopolitical concern of Israel maybe confronting uh, Iran, who knows, or just a wider Middle East war, which always has to call into question what happens to the Strait of Hormuz or the Red Sea. Um, 
But it doesn't end there. Uh, I mean, you know, more and more talk in the news of cyber attacks, um, weather related events. And so it looks to be that the mood is voters are more and more expecting a black swan event. I guess, you know, as a joking question, does it then be, is it then a black swan? Uh, you know, that's another discussion. Yeah, that's but, it, yeah but, but uh, nonetheless, there is an expectation that an event can trigger something uh, wider in terms of a systemic breakdown. Oh, let's not forget about the, the banking crisis back in March, where um, a number of large bank, uh, U.S. banks uh, went under and, and there was fear of a, a run on the banks. So it looks like 2024. Oh, and meanwhile, now we have um, a, a, another election involving Trump. And so what we have is part three of what which is shaping up to be a franchise movie. And we know that part one was ugly. We know that part two, election 2020, was uh, was ugly. And the question is, does part three of that movie franchise have to take on a whole new form? And I think it does. I, I think the intensity going into 2024 is incredible. Um, this is across the board. Uh, we're, we're talking about the expectation of a Black Swan event. I'll drill down a little bit more. Among those who said that they think one is very likely to happen next year, 29% of liberals and 29% percent of uh, of of conservatives um they very likely who say very likely exactly um so all of which is to say that it looks like the american voters uh have high anxiety yeah and um i don't know that's not usually a good recipe going into uh an election cycle uh we're here here's a critical point. Uh, and in 1929, American vote, or I'm sorry, 1932, with official unemployment at 32%, 50% in America's big cities, uh, it wasn't just that Franklin D. Roosevelt was elected. Herbert Hoover was overwhelmingly rejected. He had run out of juice. Jimmy Carter, 1980, ran out of juice. But in both instances, Franklin D. Roosevelt became iconic and Ronald Reagan became iconic by injecting a spirit, an infusion of uh, American optimism. All we have to fear is fear itself. You know, Ronald Reagan, the city upon the hill, and that turned around the mood. What do you do when you've got two, the two leading party candidates Trump and Biden, 73% of American voters don't want them to run for the presidency. Mm -hmm. Is there a funk here, a genuine malaise here, but little or no hope that will the 2024 will be like 1932 and 1980? Well, it, it's... That's an interesting comparison. And, and so the only thing that I could say is it's 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 a the key question is. As voters go into 2024 and and they look at um, they look at their choices, first of all, we have to ask, will Joe Biden even be around? That's another discussion. Uh, we've had that discussion many times. 
I don't see how he he hangs on throughout the course of 2024. Um, but let's assume you mean that politically. Just to just to be specific here, you're talking politically. You're not talking, uh, you know, dying. No, no, I, I no, I, I mean, uh, yeah, politically, like him him running as uh, as uh, the Democratic uh, choice, the Democratic nominee. Um, so my question is. Does it become more about the stakes are too high in terms of um, I, I, look, economic confidence is, is going to be a major driver, right? Mm -hmm. And so who is best positioned? I, I don't think that Biden thrives in, in that scenario. I think Trump thrives in that scenario. That's why he dominates. It's, he has his core following. But as the poll numbers show, like there's this new poll out in New Hampshire that Nikki Haley has gained ground. But Trump is still ahead and he's still comfortably ahead. Um, he has a dedicated base, but he also has Republicans and independents who who don't like him, but want his presidency because they believe that he represents strong economic confidence. And so if the stakes are high um, among voters particularly in an economic context, I think that's what's going to drive uh, the election. But, you know, then then we have this whole thing of the third party candidate, uh, independent phenomenon. We've got Kennedy, who's uh, who's running, who is new. Trump isn't new. He already served in office. You know what you're going to get. So in your comparison to to 32 and 1980, um, Ronald Reagan was new. FDR was new. Trump is coming into this more or less not new, but proven. So where does Kennedy fall into that? But then you have others who are throwing their hat in the in the race on the third party ticket. Jill Stein, uh, the libertarian candidate, possibly Joe Manchin, who said if he does throw his hat in, it would be after Super Tuesday. So th what we have here is a gigantic moving target. Um, how do you make sense of all of that? Well, I don't make sense of all of that, but I do worry. This is my possible black swan that I worry about. And that is that unlike 1932 and 1980, the uh, election does not resolve anything. That in fact, last time it was Donald Trump who refused to accept the, uh, the results of the election. I really worry that neither side is prepared to accept the results of the election. That's how bad things are. That I I fear is the black swan event of 2024. I, I think we are in strong agreement. I, I have pointed out numerous times that 2016 uh, was exactly, was the democratic version of what 2020 was, the Republican rejection, and that why would the third time around, why would we have a consensus among voters of, uh, of, of uh, an accepted winner, if anything, probably uh, more confusion, more distrust. And that is another major backdrop going into this election is trust in institutions, yep. um, trust in, in, um, in, in leadership, trust in both political parties, lack of trust, that is. And so it does look like the end result could be uh, a system-wide breakdown of confidence in the political and election system. So is this where we say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody? <laughs>
It is. It, it is. <laughs> but as you've suggested, uh, you know, we America has been through this a number of yeah. times. These four yes, turning events that there have been four, and um, we're still here. So at that that won't that won't stop uh, you know Christmas feasting and New Year's Eve partying. No, it won't. And we'll be back after the first of the year, and we'll be interpreting ours and others polling. Okay. Take care. Yeah, you too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.